0: Deep in the far reaches of the continent of Hera sits the capital city, the crowning jewel, the epicentre of life, Mar. Our story begins on the filthy streets of South Mar, a slum, a hive of villainy and poverty, where only the strong survive and the weak suffer and crumble. It is here where we meet our hero, Arno Harlow, as he is scavenging for his next meal. Around him, the city begins to wake for the day.
1: <laughs> Archibald has come through again. Well done, old man.
2: Arno, oh, once again stealing for Archibald. You know what that means? Shit.
1: Morning, (sighs) Hendrik. How are you?
2: I'm going to let that slide today of all days, Arno. But next time, you will feel the back of my hand. And that time, I won't stop. Now put the bread back and piss off.
1: Sorry, boss, but I think you'll find I was giving this bread as a gift this morning. So you have nothing on me this time, officer.
2: Archibald, get out here. Ah, good morning, Hendrik.
0: It's fine day.
2: Cut the crap! Did you give this urchin bread this morning? You know the law against feeding these barrel scrapers.
0: Yes, I know the law, Hendrik. And you know me. I am a law abiding citizen. I pay my taxes, even if they are ridiculously high, and I pay you my protection money, Hendrik. Ah, but we don't talk about that, do we? <laughs> so why not forget about this, sir? Uh, You can go back and pick on some other poor business owner, just trying to get through every day, and go and polish that shiny helmet of yours. Don't forget that I've been supplying the castle with its bakery goods for generations, so what do you think will happen if suddenly the king stopped getting his fresh bread in the morning? Who would be responsible? Now kindly, fuck off. There's a good boy. Yes, well as you were. You nearly got me done in, Arno. You need to be more careful. Otherwise I'll have to stop giving you food. Listen, I like you, boy, but seriously, you need to be more cautious. They're all on high alert now. Oh the circus coming town today.
1: Circus? What's a circus? Aye. You
0: know, big tents, clowns, jugglers, animals. You've never been to a circus before, sir.
1: No? Never. I'll have to check that out.
0: Sorry buddy, but it's only open to northerners. They were very strict about that.
1: Really? That's a bit restrictive, isn't it? But I suppose they'll make more money from it, I guess.
0: Oh no, it's the guards who said that, no the circus. I mean, come on, it's been held here in South Mar. We've got the meadows, that's where they're holding it.
1: I'm going, I don't care. Just
0: be careful, Arnold. Don't want to see you getting hurt. I have to get back to work. Take care of yourself. Please don't do anything stupid. You got it. See ya. Several hours passed and the city started to wind down. More people from the northern section of Mar had started making their way through South Mar into the meadows. And Arno had spent his day planning a way to try and get over the wall without being noticed.
1: Right. If I want to get into this circus, I'll have to follow this lot. But I don't really fancy getting smacked again, so I'll have to keep out of sight. If I climb to the top of archerboards, then head across to Webster and Sons Blacksmith, then hop across to the tannery, should be able to hop the wall and into the meadows that way. Okay, here goes. Okay, okay. there it is, that big tent seems to be where everyone's going, so that's where I'll be going. Just got to keep out of sight. Ah oh, shit. Guards on the door. Maybe I can convince them I am the son of a nobleman and they'll let me in. Wife a shot.
0: Arnold kept to the shadows, crossing the field and approaching the large tent. Ahead of him stood two guards who were standing at the entrance. Ho Dax, Look at this little Pip Squeak. <laughs> Hello, Pip Squeak. What do you want?
1: To get into the tent, of course. What do you think I want? My father is in there already.
0: Piss off, pipsqueak. Vax, he says his dad's in there already. (laughs) Nice try. There ain't no chance you're getting in. Oh, Mr. Featherly, come on in. You piss off.
1: Just you wait till my father hears about this. You
0: don't have a father, you filthy urchin. Now piss off.
1: Well, that was unnecessary. I need to get into that tent somehow. I'll have to wait until everyone's gone in and then the guards aren't paying attention anymore. Looks like there may be a way I can sneak in underneath at the side.
0: Arno waited for the guards to pass, lifted the side of the tent and crawled under. Around him, he saw seating, legs in front of him. He waited, when suddenly, a light came on to the centre of the tent and a voice filled the room.
3: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome one and all to a night of magic, intrigue and mystery. Tonight you will witness things that will boggle the mind and ensnare the senses. You will be made to feel uncomfortable and excited all in the same breath. We have come from far and wide to bring a show that will make you question everything you hold dear. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show.
0: The light burst back into the tent, pointing towards the top, where the crowd could see small figures standing on thin wire, high above the ground. Arno crept out of his hiding place slightly to peer up. From what he could see, there were two figures, both very slim, one male and one female. The female figure had long jet black hair tied in a tight bun and her pale white skin almost glowing through the darkness. He noticed her recognisable pointed ears which indicated that she too was an elf. The male figure had spiky black hair and similar pale skin and ears. The crowd went silent as a low continuous drum beat started.
3: Ladies and gentlemen, marvel
0: at the Selkus
3: twins, Arund and Silver as they put their lives on the
0: line for your enjoyment. Silva went first, her slim frame balancing on the almost unrecognisable wire, keeping completely steady as she reached the centre. She stopped and slowly crouched down low and gestured for Aran to join her. The audience moved their attention to her brother as he turned his back to his sister. He raised his arms high in the air and the tent fell silent. The drums continued. The audience watched on Slack jawed Aran took a deep breath and started to do a backward handspring. One after the other, his hands and feet were landing perfectly on the wire until he reached his sister where he stood up with his arms in the air, balancing as the audience applauded loudly. Silva stood up as Aran crouched down. As the applause settled, Silva placed her foot on Aran's knee and then onto his shoulders as she stood up straight. Aran slowly stood up, his arms stretched to the side as his sister stood tall in his shoulders. Aran slowly started to walk backwards as Silva jumped in the air, flipped and landed on his shoulders again, landing perfectly. The crowd applauded. Iran stopped and bounced on the wire, building momentum as Silva was still on his shoulders. Suddenly, he bounced off the wire, sending Silva high into the air, and she flipped twice while he was flipped once, landing perfectly on the wire, and Silva landed perfectly on his shoulders to an eruption of applause from the crowd. The twins were not finished. As the applause subsided, Aran started bouncing again with his sister still on his shoulders. The wire bending, sending Silva high into the air as she completed three full rotations. Aran dropped from the wire, grabbing it with his hands, spinning around the wire into a handstand, his legs straight pointing into the air as Silva landed perfectly on his feet, her arms outstretched as the crowd jumped to their feet. The applause was deafening. The twins both walked along the wire. Back to the platform before bowing and climbing down the rope ladder to the ground, where they ran around the ring waving to the crowd before disappearing through a flap at the back. The voice continued
3: Thank you for that incredible performance from the Selkis twins, all the way from the Emerald Forest. A rare treat. Now, all the way from the Iron Shore, we are treated to an incredible show. Please remain seated and do not, under any circumstances, reach into the circle for your own safety. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I present to you Mealy, the Firecaster.
0: The flap at the back of the tent opened up and a small figure emerged, two large balls of fire in their hands illuminating the tent. The figure in the circle was small, with a large red braid of hair cascading down her back. She wore heavy leather armour. Her tree-trunk-like arms bulged from underneath. Around her wrists, Arno noticed she wore thick black bangles. Large balls of fire seemed to erupt from the palms of her hands, where she waved them around, making stunning trails of light as she clumsily danced to the upbeat music. After a few moments, she stopped and raised her left hand high into the air. A large beam of fire exploded from her hand, landing in a ball of fire in her right hand and back again. It looked as if she was juggling with the fire. The audience broke into loud applause. She continued to spin the fire around her body, creating a tornado of flames which engulfed her. When the flames subsided, the circle was empty. and was nowhere to be seen. The audience gasped and muttered, a slow clap started. When all of a sudden a burst of flames erupted from behind the seating area, Amelia appeared with her hands in the air. The applause exploded throughout the tent. The familiar voice filled the tent once more.
3: Let's hear it for Mealy, the Firecaster. That show was eruptive, I'm sure you will agree. One more time for Mealy. Our final act of the evening comes all the way from the serene Desert. I found this next act when I was lost in the barren and arid lands of the desert, and he helped me find my way back to my camp. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I give you Lauren the Giant.
0: Lauren so entered the ring. He towered above the audience, his head near inches from the top of the tent. Arno, who was now sitting on the floor next to many legs of the audience, not caring about being seen, strained his neck to look up at the massive creature. He had never seen anything so massive, so brutish, yet it seemed friendly. Behind the creature, he carried a thick brown log, which he lifted with ease before snapping it in two like a toothpick. The audience applauded loudly, and he picked up a large boulder which took ten people to roll into the circle, as if it were a marble, just crushing it between his hands turning it to dust. The crowd clapped louder and faster as they realised just how strong this creature was. Then something odd happened. Something out of the ordinary. As the creature picked up a cart that had been wheeled into the circle, something flew through the darkness, piercing Loran in the arm. A sharp object glistening in the light inside the tent. Laurent barely noticed and carried on with his act when another and another hit his right leg and his stomach, this time causing Laurent to yelp in pain. The sharp objects were attached to ropes which led into the darkness out of sight. At first, the audience thought it was part of the act until the host came barreling into their circle with his arms held aloft and the other acts joined him. Fear plastered on their faces.
3: Stop the show! Stop the show. What is going on here? Saab Tarnok?
2: It was about time we came face to face. We've been looking for you for a long time. And now, you finally surface. A mistake on your part?
3: No. I am sure I do not know what in the world you are talking about, sir. But I request that if you have a complaint about the show, you save it until the end. Now. If you wouldn't mind.
2: It's not a good idea to turn your back on me, Saab. This facade is over. You and your band of freaks need to come with me now. Who are you calling freaks? (laughs) Are you seeing this? She really threatens the captain of the Royal Guard. I'll just add that to the long list of crimes that you've committed. And seeing your executions will certainly be a spectacle.
3: I said, who are you calling freaks? We are not freaks! Move, move out, move out. Out of the room, yes. Go, go, go. Look what you've
2: caused, Zaab! This did not have to happen. Now you've just
3: made it much worse for yourself. Stop this nonsense and come with us now. No, we have done nothing wrong. We will defend ourselves against the tyranny that has infected this land. You'll we'll There's no tyranny in Hera.
2: The king is right and just. It's people like you that are bringing
3: this continent to its knees. People like us. People who are standing up for what is right and true. This conversation
0: is over. Sab raised his staff high into the air. The gem on top started to glow. Arno used this opportunity to escape from this hiding place.
2: Arno? Don't tell me you're embroiled with these rebels. Get off me! No chance. Now I can finally
0: throw you away and lock the door where you deserve. A bright light emanated from the top of the staff, engulfing everyone within the ring, leaving Hendrik alone with his soldiers and the crowd inside a burning tent. Fuck! Arno Rise of Rebellion is an eerie earth production written and directed and edited by Kieran Begg. Starring Saxon Davids as Arno, Ben James as Hendrick, Carl Wharton as Sab, and Beth Eltringham as Melee, and Rick Oldroyd as Laurent. Additional voices by Kieran Begg. Be sure to follow us on all social media and visit EerieEarth.com for more information. Thank you very much for listening. Bye-bye for now.